Hi, CityCast listeners. On Fridays, we talk about the week's news in Houston. Today, I am here with CityCast producer Carleon Jones and our cultural contributor, Antrichelle Dorsey. It is Friday, November 18, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Carly, what do you think the biggest story of the week was? So I feel like the biggest story of the week was Governor Abbott calling for that investigation into Harris County elections. Um, It sounds like people are sore losers in my eyes Um, because he filed a lawsuit against Clifford Tatum, the Harris County elections administrator, Mm -hmm. citing that there were delayed polling places opening. That prompted an ongoing legal battle and then a shortage of paper ballots at some polls and then also understaffing at um, other polling places. So he wants the Secretary of State, Attorney General and Texas Rangers to um, incite like probes into an allegation. Like, I don't I don't know. All of this just it just sounds crazy. (laughs) Y'all, it's too much. Like, it's really too much. I agree. It's too much. I mean, I have to say, like, voting was a mess. Yes. You know, like, as they, always. Uh, they, they ran out of ballot paper at a bunch of places because they couldn't unlock the place where they had it locked up. I mean, mm-hmm. paper. I mean, come on, they y'all. Had, they had, yeah. They had people waiting for hours to vote. I mean, that's that's not good. I, I, I got to agree there. My thing is, it's. It, 2022. That's what I'm saying. In the year of our Lord and Savior, 2022, <laughs> why yeah. is this not even electronic? Like, come on, exactly. y'all. Like, what are we doing? Well, it is, but they they, they keep the paper so that there's some record. So that why like, do we need the paper? In. We don't have. Don't we have enough uh, uh, digital data? To make it secure? Come on. Like, stop. Well, like, you know digital data is not secure, Antrichelle. I mean, yeah. the technology yeah. is great until it don't work, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we need the backups. I understand that. But still, I think it was a mess. And I also think you're right, Carly, that they're overreacting, that they're making yeah, a political exactly. deal out of it. There was way more places that, like, closed on time than like versus maybe what the 20 that didn't that he's actually doing an investigation on. I don't think that you're going to investigate and then find anything that's going to make these people win that you wanted to win, you know, right. but we well, never know. Some races were a little closer. But like, I think the bigger game for Republicans is to like throw Harris County's votes into doubt because we're a big source of Democrat votes. Mm-hmm. And two years from now, when there's a presidential election, you know, if you've sowed seeds of doubt, maybe you can throw out a bunch of votes. I think that's the bigger game. I mean, this mm-hmm. is my big story is sort of that pattern, you know, casting Harris County's votes into doubt of making it harder to vote in Harris County. Because mm-hmm. we had a couple of other stories in addition to that one, Carly. Um, so this week, Kim Ogg, the Harris County DA, announced that she is launching an investigation into the voting. I've seen that. It's a little unusual because Kim Ogg is a Democrat. Now, she fights with Lena Hidalgo and the Democrats mm-hmm. on county court. But, you know, she, too, is launching an investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a story where this Trump-appointed judge, U.S. District Judge Charles Eskridge, 
stopped the League of Women Voters from handing out voter registration cards at a swearing-in ceremony for new citizens. What? Yeah. I mean, it's legal. He has the power to do that. But, like, why would you? But why would you do that, though? You know, the the one thing that I was just about to say, like, why don't we launch an investigation on why black and brown voters are are not voting? You know, why black and brown people are not voting? And and before I can get it out of my mouth, you tell me this. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I really feel like. Personally, that I can't wait till, I don't know if this will ever happen, but if we could ever get to the point where we can do electronic voting, where it's like you can vote through computers without having to actually go to polling sites, we would have so Mm -hmm. many people that would actually participate in it. Now, I know that their excuse for it is like, oh, that's not secure. That's not going to be able to, but there's so many documentations on like our lives that have our like social social security numbers. There's so many different things that we put vital information into that they find a way to secure. I pay my taxes online. I handle my bank account online. Exactly. (laughs) You know, why can't I vote for probate judge online? I mean, yeah. That would get a lot of people to the polling sites. People just really don't feel like getting up to go. Like it's a laziness and I understand that, but it's just like, there's so many people that are actually registered that just either just haven't made the time to actually get out there. But I think that they know that if that were to happen, Republicans would not be winning a lot of races because it's just, yeah, I don't I don't think they would. But, you know, they could surprise us. <laughs> oh, child. This is a lot. It's heavy. And it's just, it's too, <laughs> I can't say anything else, but y'all, this is too much. Like, yeah. but and unfortunately, this is a huge deal. So we can't, dismiss it we have to address it but how do we fix it that's Mm -hmm. the thing we have so many problems and no solutions and this is what makes us sad and this is why people are still divided or people in the black and brown community are just really feeling like our votes don't matter why does Mm -hmm. it matter you know if we get up and vote you know they're gonna say it's a hoax if we don't vote then you know we have to endure so what do we do god you get mad Yep. Yeah, you can go vote. <laughs> Very frustrating. <laughs> Get yeah. mad and but vote yeah. anyway. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, but anyway. Uh, and Rochelle, what is your biggest story of the week? Okay. Uh-huh. This story here is big yeah. to me because it happened right in my hood in Southeast Houston, okay? Yeah. This woman walked into a Southeast Houston business and robbed, robbed the convenience store. For cigarettes. <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> of all the things. She, she needed that nicotine. Yeah. With her pink fuzzy slippers. Oh. Her biking shorts. Her hoodie and a gun. And said, I need them cigarettes right At now. gunpoint? <laughs> At gunpoint, baby. And honey, they oh are looking God. for this woman. And this was in my hood. 7500 block of MLK Boulevard. Yeah. I am upset. I'm shocked and appalled because she should have got a pack of Slim Jims with her too. She should have got something <laughs> else. If she gonna rock, if she gonna oh do gunpoint, you better get some pampers. You better get uh <laughs> you better get a Tahitian treat, a Hawaiian uh-huh. punch. Some food to go cigarettes. something. Oh Baby, gosh. that nicotine fit just would not quit. And they are looking for her. They are looking for her for real. They are upset. 
And they are saying that this woman is, is she robbed him for cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, kids, is don't stop smoking. Deep? That's what I yeah. say. Like, y'all, I ain't never smoked no cigarette. <laughs> We're going to say she was having, like, a really bad day. And just, that was the, her her breaking point. Because Harley. <laughs> there's <Girl>. no way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, she, but th- this, there, there were people in the store. Um, she pointed the gun at the customers and the clerk. Wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, gave, yeah. This is bad. Yeah. But they, they're looking for this woman because they said she walked out of the store and fled in the red key of soul. Ladies and gentlemen, if you see this woman in the red key of soul, give us some cigarettes, get out of her way. She got a so gun. She didn't even she didn't even steal gas. Like, you know, gas is, you know, a little high. Why she didn't steal the gas? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. why you didn't do that? I couldn't believe I'm I'm shocked and appalled because this is a big story because they this is a breaking news story. They stopped this. They want y'all to call crime stoppers for this woman. Oh <laughs> they they did. They got a surveillance and everything. Y'all, this is for real. Oh my. This yeah. lady, she must be stopped. I wanna know. <laughs> and like you say, Carla, she must maybe that nicotine wouldn't quit. She must have been having a very her nerves was bad. Because mm-hmm. I just yeah. remember when my aunts used to smoke their cigarettes, their nerves was bad. That's what they mm-hmm. used to tell me. My nerves is bad. And so they used to smoke a pack of cigarettes. And I'm thinking her nerves was bad this day. Yeah. Had to be. Well, look yeah. what this is aggravated robbery. And she was aggravated, definitely. All right, Carly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> What do you think should have gotten more attention this week? Um, So mine is also crime, but um, in a little darker sense. So um, the number of Houston kids that have been killed by gun violence is rising to the point that it's becoming a national crisis. Um, 53 children and teenagers died from firearm injuries through October of this year, which already surpassed the amount of the last year. And we haven't even finished the year, you know? So um, they listed it as 41 homicides, 11 suicides, and one um, accident among a child under 18. So the the total last year, I think, was uh, 52. So um, this is just like, it just keeps rising. So in 2018, it was 34. In 2019, it was 40. And then in 2020, it was 42. And then 2021, 52 for the entire year. Memorial Children's Hospital also released a stat that was like oh. really like like eye opening to me. Um, they announced in June, in June, that mm-hmm. they had already treated 140 children for gun wound shots. Shut up! In the last year, like yeah, 75 percent of a jump from three years ago. It's like, what is happening with these babies? Are we not locking what? our guns up? Are we like, what is going on that is like triggering this to get so bad? These are babies. These are kids, you know, like. I mean, some of them are teens, but yeah, it's. Yeah. They shouldn't have guns. They yeah, should not yeah. be shot. They're teens, but I still look at them yeah. as everybody's like a little baby. And <laughs> because it's like they're they're like most of them are like really young yeah. teens. Like the teens are like about like 14, 15. Like I just came into high school teenage mm-hmm. age, you know, like they're still kids. They still have a, so much life ahead of them. So this is just like yeah. a really devastating thing to like see. And like um, there was a Houston Chronicle article over it and they interviewed some of the families 
and had pictures and it was just really a heartbreaking story to see. Um, yeah. And I just wish people would like, you know, look into things like this more so that we can try to figure out ways to stop it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my story. But y'all, remember we talked about like the gun laws in Texas? Mm hmm. Don't you think that this has something to do with that? I'm just throwing this out there. Oh, right? yeah. It's so easy to get a gun in Texas, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, what's happening? Y'all, come on. Let's focus on the lecture at hand. Like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get a gun. It's so easy right? for these children to get it. And even the ones with the accident, it's like, dang. Mm-hmm. And if the kids... Say that the kids might have like stole the gun from their parents or something. This is a hypothetical thing, but so many people now that you don't even have to be trained to have a gun anymore, right. they don't know how to use it properly. Like, you know, there's that that's a whole factor also. Like whenever I got my gun license, I was trained. They don't necessarily lock it they, up. Yeah, they're not locked mm-hmm. up properly. They're not showing right. their kids, hey, this is how you use it if it is around you. You know, there's different factors that need to go into this. Like, there's a lot of safety that needs to be surrounded or taught to these children that are around these guns. Yeah. So. Definitely. My story is also about guns in the wrong hands. Um, There was this infuriating ruling by a Texas federal judge, David Counts, a guy who was appointed by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. He ruled that if a court finds that a person is dangerous to other people around them, like, in a domestic abuse case, the judge can't hand down a protective order that takes away the dangerous person's gun because of the Second Amendment. And this just is boggling to me. I don't see how you can leave guns in the hands of people who we believe to be dangerous. Why would you? Like, <laughs> Right. And I'm, it's, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded because I feel like, are we just y'all when do we we just i feel like we just pulled these amendments out of our behind when we feel like it (laughs) yeah like when it's necessary or when it's convenient when it's convenient i'm just so disgusted right now what i mean i do think the united states has a different relationship with guns than we did in you know the 1700s you know and it's time we figure out how to like live in cities Mm-hmm. Because it makes me like the the whole statement of like, you know, letting them keep guns, even though they may be a dangerous person or are a dangerous person. It just makes me yeah. think about like all the people who have been getting out of jail. Um, like they'll have petty crimes or have some like criminal record. They get out of jail and then they go kill somebody else. Like that's been happening a lot in Houston lately. And I don't know. I don't really care about our safety at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like Michael Jackson said a long time ago. Michael All I want to say <laughs> is that they don't really care about us. He wasn't lying. <laughs> that's what Michael Jackson had said. He sang it to us. We do the two-step shuffle to it. Oh, All I want to say, they don't really care about us, baby. Thank you. All right, Antrichel, what do you think should have gotten more attention? Look, since we're talking about guns, I got a gun mm-hmm. story for you, too. All oh, right. yeah. It was All three right. in a row. Oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> Now, here we go again. Okay. A manhunt is underway for a robber dub by the FBI mm-hmm. as the food store band- bank bandit. This man is robbing the food town at gunpoint. Two 
two grocery store banks. One yeah. uh, was the Food Town off of Sam Houston Parkway West. They okay. he did it on November first. He went inside the Food Town, went to the first convenient uh, first convenience bank inside the grocery store, and handed the bank teller a note demanding money. And then he pulled out his gun. Now. If you do not have a background in banking, which I do, I was a bank manager for 13 years. What you don't know is, is that these tellers, if you're demanding money from them in their drawer, at most, they have a thousand dollars. That's it. And it's all broken down, all broken up, all broken down at a at a food store in the grocery store. It's even less than that. He didn't get that much money. Right. So because of that, he went to another. <laughs> yeah, he went to another store. He went to the Joe V's grocery store on Antoine Drive in Northwest Harris County. And he went inside the store and went to the bank inside of the grocery store. and got money at gunpoint again. Again, wasn't that much money. They, now, they are unsure at the full amount. Mm -hmm. But what can you do at the bank grocery store, you guys? Yeah. Did he get cigarettes? <laughs> he didn't get no cigarettes. <laughs> he didn't have the grocery store. He didn't get no food. Oh, my gosh. I'm mad at these robbers. I need to hold a class on how to rob <laughs> smartly because this made me mad. Oh, my Lord. I say of all the things, y'all y'all worried about the wrong thing. You passed up the chips, the bread, the milk, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say it again, the pampas. <laughs> 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 I'm really wondering, like, what's the thought process with the grocery store? Does he feel yeah. like he can get out of the grocery store quicker? Or Yeah. It just seems like there would be so many more people around. Yeah. That would be so it's, much more dangerous. It's yeah. hard to rob a grocery store bank. It's harder to rob a grocery store bank. Now, let me make you laugh. When he went into the second grocery store at the Joe V's, he walked up and asked about opening a bank account. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's trying to play it off. Because he had money to deposit from the last bank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh Guys, this is sad. I'm glad I could make some light of this. But, y'all, this is not funny because now the FBI looking for this man. The police yeah. was looking for the cigarette girl. The FBI looking for this man because he didn't rob two banks. Do you know how bold you have to be to rob a bank inside the grocery store with all those people around? Anyone can yeah. tackle you. And then most of the time, grocery stores actually have like a security guard like at the front somewhere. So That's it's like, right. you're you're bold. You're very bold. You're bold. You ain't got nothing and to lose. You have to walk out to your car, it, wherever you park. Okay. I mean, you ain't got nothing to lose. You going yeah. for the gusto, baby? All on camera. All on camera. We got you coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. All right, Carly. What is your moment of joy this week? What's made you happy? So my moment of joy is that on Monday, Astros fans um, went to Raising Kings to see Jeremy Pena. Um, that was so cute. If you saw like the pictures that were released uh, online, he dressed up in his Raising Kings outfit and was basically taking orders. Like a regular cashier. He was a regular cashier. And then he also worked the drive through Um a lot of people, you know, missed work, school, classes, um, just to go up there and like in hopes of him taking their order, basically, maybe getting that like autograph and, you know, some chicken. So um, <laughs> it was really cool because people were out there and they're like 
Astros gear. You know, a lot of women are in love with this man too. So they were all, you know, so getting cute. done up in the car. And <laughs> it was really cute. It was only, it was literally 50 degrees outside. There was sporadic uh-huh. rainfall, but these people were still out there dedicated, screaming, excited. They even closed down the um, fast food chains, the um, Popeyes and Burger King that were next to the Raisin Canes for the event. Oh. So it was, was- yeah. But listen, I mean, that's cute and all. But what about Altuve? I knew she was going to say it. Y'all know that's my man. Altuve. Every every time I hear his name, that's what I think of now. Altuve, that's my baby. Now, see, I would have done that for him. And I would have had a little thigh out there. I'm talking about my thigh. Okay? I would have had it out. I would have been like, Altuve. I would have had my fro big. And I would have made sure. Oh I would have, matter of fact, I would have served him the chicken. Okay. Oh. I on don't a want platter, to, huh? On the platter. Let me feed it to you, Altuve. Oh my gosh. Woo! This is yeah. We, this was such a cute oh, yeah. event, and it's like he's. This was literally like because he's so young. I think he's only like nineteen. And he looks like he's like eighteen or t- maybe sixteen. Such a baby face. Yeah. Yeah, he's super young. This is his first job outside of playing baseball. So. Uh-huh. Oh. It was a really cute moment. <laughs> I love that. So I thought about Justin Verlander, who won the Cy Young Award for Best Pitcher this mm-hmm. week as my moment of joy. But then it got beat out. Um, so y'all know how Governor Abbott has been sending these busloads of asylum seekers to other cities, mm-hmm. just kind of dumping them on other cities, making the mm-hmm. point that, you know, Texans shouldn't be the only ones who are like supporting these people. Mm-hmm. doing it in the meanest way possible. Um, well, he shipped a bunch for the first time to Philadelphia. And, like, Philly showed up, you know. When that bus pulled up, uh, there was, like, a city council person there. There were a whole bunch of volunteers. They handed people hot chocolate and coats. Aww. There, One kid on the bus had a high fever. They took the kid to the hospital. They took everybody mm-hmm. to, like, this settlement center where they could get hooked up with services. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, Philly, that is class. Y'all rock. I am sorry for all the trash talk I did during the World <laughs> Series. You know, I officially apologize. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I like that. Now, yeah. that's how you turn uh, lemons into lemonade. That's mm-hmm. how you do that. For sure. That's how you do it. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> so, all right. And Trishel, you have some joy this week. Oh, I did. Yeah. I had some joy. Let me tell you. Dun, 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 dun. I got uh-huh. married. What? Woo! I got married. What, and what, I what? know what you're thinking. Because I know y'all niggas, I've said, I said, I don't ever want to get married again. Mm-hmm. I said, me and my man, my baby daddy, we've been together for going on six years. We all right. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get mm-hmm. married. But then. He, t- he, he came to me as humbly as he know how and said, what are we doing? And I said, you're right. So we wanted to have a surprise wedding, and we did. We invited mm-hmm. all of our yeah. closest friends. We told them we were having a man- midnight masquerade ball, and mm-hmm. they all came dressed to the nines in their masks, and they yeah. came dressed our red party. And at the stroke of midnight, we got married, and it was the <gasps> best oh! wedding ever. We didn't have oh. any, any big to do. It was it was just in our home. That and was it a was big to do, though, Andrew Shell. 
This is different. What? Who came up with the idea? Was it you? Because this is different. I've never thought of like a a stroke of midnight wedding. That's so cool. A surprise <laughs> wedding. So I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you. Like all he wanted was a party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a celebrity event planner. Her name is Chloe Cook. Shout out to Chloe Cook. Mm-hmm. We grew up together. We from Sunnyside together. She's a celebrity event planner, and I've seen her do these beautiful midnight masquerade ball Mm -hmm. and i just always was like that is the greatest idea ever but i don't have chloe cook money okay (laughs) (laughs) so i i saw her do it for i think the first time i ever seen it was for her birthday years ago and i saw her do it for someone else and i thought this was just like the most genius idea Uh and so Mm -hmm. when my now husband (laughs) But my husband said, you know, look, I want a party. Let's make it different. Let's make people dress up. And that's what I said. Oh, we could have a midnight masquerade. I thought this would be a great way to have, you know, my very own little midnight masquerade. So I just added the dramatics for the detail when our guests arrived. Our beautiful hostess, which is our neighbor, uh, Rabia Ali, she told everyone to set their phones to midnight Mm -hmm. and when they set them to midnight she said the show will begin at midnight please set your phones to midnight and then with the stroke of midnight the phones just erupted and I almost ran out of there because I got immediately got (laughs) nervous was like oh it's time it's time and uh (laughs) it was beautiful um you know I I didn't do a big dress or anything. I wore mm-hmm. a sexy Fashion Nova cat suit that I had in the closet Ooh. that still had price tags mm-hmm. on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had my girl, uh, favorite makeup artist, Susie Bougie, come over and <laughs> beat my face looking like a mask. You know, so you viewers, please enjoy the pictures. And it was wonderful. It was great. Um my husband, he did a whole charcuterie table inspired oh, wow. by the Chatty Mouse, who we love. And, um, you know, he did all the decor. And that was it, y'all. You know, it it cost us $700 to do it at our house. $700. Mm. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. I that was that. on food and liquor because you got to eat and drink at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. Congrats. Thank I can't wait to so see much. these pictures. Oh, you're going to love them. (laughs) All right, y'all. This has been fun. It has. That was Carleon Jones and Aunt Rochelle Dorsey. That is all for our show this week. Our content director is Will Fulton. Lead producer, Dina Kesva, is away on parental leave. Carleon Jones and AKL Moolman are our producers. Our newsletter, Hey Houston, is written by Brooke Lewis. Our show about ephemeral tattoo had sound design by roving producer Lizzie Goldsmith. Our theme music is by All the Kimonos, and I am your host, Lisa Gray. We will be back on Monday. Talk with you then. Are y'all hearing that sound? Yeah. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Okay.